0: Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here is a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Then uh, here again I'm, I'm realizing in my weakness is his strength made perfect. I'm thinking John, I'm thinking I just blew the whole thing. But instead, he was manifesting his strength in weakness. It was a, it was just it's just 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 blows my mind when you acknowledge him, when you talk to him in the in the depths of your pain, in the depths of your weakness, you'll see his strength come to pass. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now here is today's message. So good morning to everybody that is here right now with us uh, in the ch- in the house of God in the church building. I want to welcome everyone that is joining us also from all around the world. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and watching and listening. We know that you're not watching or listening by accident or coincidence, but the Father does have a word for you in store. So thank you so much for taking the time to hear and to listen. We're praying for you guys. All right, this morning As we were praying uh, this morning, the Lord uh, revealed to me that in these last days, the enemy is really trying to wear out the saints. So I want to give you uh, two particular scriptures that you can use in your fight uh, to keep yourself uh, strong. And then we're going to go ahead and and go into the word for the day. So let's go to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, verses 28 uh, through 31. I want you to, to see this. Now, I believe the book of Daniel talks about. Uh, wearing out of the saints Uh, through hard times through difficulties there's going to be some in the last days that there's going to be some unimaginable pressures unimaginable pressures not just on the saints of God but actually upon the world but the the enemy's desire is to wear you out to get you to lose hope lose faith lose confidence in Christ because when you do you will let go of the very power that you need to overcome him but the lord said in the midst of that when you feel your strength waning when you feel like you're being worn out that you can't take another day another moment then you must change strengths change strengths and isaiah talks about that i'm gonna give you two scriptures that talks about that here it is isaiah 40 verse 28 through 31 it says has thou not known has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. Now that's us. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. That's God's promise to you feel like you're going to faint feel like you want to just give up feel like this is the end of the road for you you need to reach back and receive the strength of god Restre- receive his might he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might he increases strength verse 30 even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall even those that have strength that you would think have a lot of natural strength well, they have a lot of things together god said even they will, will fall because human strength will perish you cannot go through these last days on human strength alone are you hearing me because the battle is not natural it's spiritual in nature the enemy will try to wear out your mind wear you out mentally wear you out emotionally the battle of course there are things happening naturally yes there, yes there is But the real battle or the other battle is definitely in the mind. It's definitely in the emotions. It's in the soul. So the enemy will try to wear you out, wear you out, where you won't even want to get up anymore. You won't even want to fight anymore. You say, I can't fight anymore. I can't do this anymore. When that time comes, you must receive the Father's power and his might. The Bible says in verse 30, even the youths, uh, shall shall uh, faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But look at verse thirty-one. Here's here's your promise. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They and they shall walk and not faint. So that's supernatural power, supernatural endurance. As we wait upon the Lord, that is, as we serve him, as we minister unto him. Waiting does not, when you hear the word wait, I don't want you to think about people waiting in line somewhere, waiting for a movie or, or waiting in a drive through line. You just sit there twirling your thumbs. The word wait here means to minister. It means to serve. You are doing what God has called you to do. And in the midst of your service to him, in the midst of your waiting on him, you're serving him, you're receiving strength. Now, one of the things that I have learned over the years, that when I am at my weakest point, when I feel like I need prayer, somebody need to pray for me, I get a whole lot of calls to pray for other people. <laughs> the Lord is faithful. He's faithful to have them to call and say, Pastor, can you pray with me? Can you pray with me? Can you pray with me? And I'm thinking really, Elder I'm thinking, who going to pray for me? Who pray for me, John? Who going to pray for me? But the Lord, but I mean, the Holy Spirit deals with me and said, hey, you have what they need. And so I began to pray. I was praying for a young woman the other day. And uh, I walked outside. And, and, of course, I was going through in my life. But I walked outside and I began to pray. Began to, I felt the anointing of the Holy Spirit just began to come on me. And I began to prophesy and declare what the Lord was, was saying to me well the word came back well all that was right out of the park the Lord gave me words of knowledge and prophetic utterances to give to her and uh, this young lady has not been able to sleep at all because of all the pressures that she'd been under but she slept like a baby that night and different things about her life God was revealing I never spoken to this young woman a day in my life that I know of I didn't know who she was all I had is a phone number please call so I called her and the Lord spoke and what happened in the midst of that I was strengthened and engaged encouraged i felt the strength of the lord coming upon me because you cannot uh serve someone water without getting wet in so many words every time you release to them it is also released to you so when you find other opportunities when you're down at your worst and you say i can't i can't go any further when people pull on you receive it because god will strengthen you as he strengthens them Hallelujah. He will strengthen you as he strengthens them. So as I waited upon the Lord, as I took the opportunity to serve, when I was at my weakest, my strength was renewed. And I've seen that multiple times over the years, going to the hospitals and here and there, when I was at my weakest, really? I can't go. I'm just, I just want to stay at home and stay in the bed. I know y'all never been that way. so, So just keep on looking. I don't even want to leave the house. I don't even want to get out of my bed. You know, when you're really going through something, praise the Lord. When you're really going through, hallelujah. I'm not exempt from that. Praise Jesus. But I've just learned that at that point, take the opportunity to serve. Because the opportunity, opportunity to serve is when the Lord is giving you strength. And when you wait on him, when you serve, when you take that opportunity, you're strengthened and increased. Hallelujah. When I've gone to minister to someone else that was in pain and I ministered to them and I felt better. I, I said, I'm coming to minister to you and, and I'm feeling better. That's one of the things the Lord does. As you wait upon him. So when you, when you see the scripture, they that wait upon the Lord is not, I'm just sitting down waiting on God to do something. No, there's an opportunity to serve that's going to come by. And you serve, serve and let the Lord increase you. When you're down, you say, I don't know what to do. We'll go and help make food, help uh, make food bags at the food bank. When you go and serve, when you go and serve, when you serve somebody else, you say, I don't have anything to eat. Well, buy what you can and go down to feed the homeless safely. Praise the Lord. When you serve others, you'll begin to find strength. Does that make sense to you? When you serve, you begin to find strength. God has his strength waiting there when you serve him. So it says again, verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord. Again, 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew. What will happen in your service? Your strength will be renewed. It will be renewed. So again, in these last days, the enemy is going to try to wear out the saints. He's going to try to wear out the world. But your strength will be renewed as you serve. Are you hearing me? Let's look at them. Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12. Let me show you verses uh, 18 through, uh, rather, verse 8. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 8. This is the case when the apostle here says that that devil was really on him, and um, the enemy that was this uh, messenger of Satan sent to buffet him, striking him, striking him, striking him. Everywhere he would go, the enemy would be there to hit him, hit him, hit him. He kept striking him. You know, you get tired of that every once in a while. This was simply trouble. This, this messenger of Satan was a troublemaker. Everywhere where the apostle would go, uh, the, the enemy would stir up trouble for him everywhere everywhere he would go he would go to this job trouble would be if somebody had something to say he go over here something to say we go to this town and that town trouble was always stirred up always stirred up and he said lord he said let's look at um, verse number eight he said for this thing i besought the lord thrice i asked the lord three times That it might depart from me. Stop this old demon from stirring up trouble all around me. I'm tired of this. Tired of being hit. Always hit, hit, hit. What happened? And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? He said, my grace is sufficient. It is all you need for my strength is made perfect, is revealed in your weakness. He says here, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that's in in weakness, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Now, I want you to notice notice this, and I want you to understand that. He's saying here, all of these things were happening to me, but instead of relying on his strength, he relied on the Lord's strength. Jesus told him his grace is sufficient. He said, my grace is all that you need, and the Lord's strength is revealed. It's made manifest in your weakness so here's the thing we need to remember we can go through life and and keep saying Lord I don't have this I don't have that I can't do this and I can't do that and I just can't get anything right I want to anybody who felt that way before I just keep messing stuff up I just cannot get anything right no matter what I do it just turns to poo maybe you didn't say it that way I just cannot get anything right. I just cannot do anything right. Whatever I touch, I mess up. You say, well, that's an area of weakness, isn't it? And the Lord said, in your area of weakness, in your place of weakness, you will actually find his strength when you acknowledge him. When you say, Lord Jesus, I keep messing up this and this relationship, I keep messing up uh, in my attitude. I keep I keep messing up in ministry. I I keep messing up in money. I cannot seem to get things right. When you acknowledge His grace, Lord, you have you've given me grace to overcome this weakness. When you acknowledge His strength, what happens? His strength will then be revealed through you, and you will find out that even in the midst of all of this, He will. He's a master at taking a mess and turning it into a masterpiece. And you realize it's like, I mean, you'll have, the, you'll have those words. You'll say, you know, when somebody sees what you've done and they'll say, how did you do that? And I mean, God is so gracious. He'll let you take the credit for it. You say, oh, I, I meant to do that. I, I meant to do that. I, I meant to do that. I meant to do that. And then you go back and give God, <laughs> give God the glory for it. Because he will turn that thing around in such a way. He will deliver you in, in such a way that you will know is not you. The rest of the world will look and think you did it, but it was actually his power working through you. Some of the, I've been in the pulpit now for over 30 years preaching messages, declaring the word about Jesus, and still not done yet. And there have been times when I was over the pulpit declaring the word that I thought while while I was preaching, Barbara, while I was preaching, while I was saying the words, I thought, man, this message just is falling flat. Nobody's hearing this word. You know, I might as well just go home now I thought that Stan I might as well while I am preaching proclaiming the message about Jesus I'm thinking on the inside now I have a a dual conversation going on Shekinah dual conversation my spirit man is speaking the words but then there was an inner conflict on the inside Tamara, and I'm saying to myself I might as well just close this thing now. Nobody's hearing me, and I might as well just go on home. But at the same time, I'm feeling go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But I'm saying I might as well just stop now and go home. Nobody's hearing this. This is I'm just messing it all up. Only to find out later, oh, that was one of the best messages I ever heard. What? What are you? What? One of the most downloaded messages. One of the most viewed messages. Then uh, here again, I'm, I'm realizing in my weakness is his strength made perfect. Amen. I'm thinking, John, I'm thinking I just blew the whole thing. But instead, he was manifesting his strength in weakness. It was, a, it was just, it just, just, it just blows my mind. When you acknowledge him, when you talk to him in the in the depths of your pain, in the depths of your weakness, you'll see his strength come to pass. Now, you may not know that at that moment you're in his strength. Everybody else is like, wow. But you're like, oh. they can't see. You can't see what they can't see. That makes sense? OK, good. Let me stop right there. You can't see what God is doing, but you're just doing it, and the Lord is revealing. So what you call a a weakness can actually be a strength in the hands of God. So don't let the enemy wear you out. Don't let him wear you out. Let me show you this also in uh, the book of Luke, Luke 19. So first of all, again, the Lord does not want you to be worn out, but he wants you to realize that in these last days, the, the, the devil, Satan, is seeking to wear you out seeking to wear you out what do we mean by that wear you out that is mental strain emotional strain he wants to wear you out so much that you won't even want to pray you won't even want to study you want to just give up you want to just throw in the towel you want to say this thing don't work when you feel that way there is an active attack on you to wear you out. But at that moment, you must declare, Father, I receive your strength. Show me the opportunity to serve, to wait upon you. Where is the opportunity to serve? Because in that moment, he was strengthening you. He was strengthening you. He was strengthening you. And just when you think that you're not doing any good, that you're just saying words is that you're doing things or or that you you think that your living is in vain anybody been there before why am i doing this i'm doing all this in vain when you think that that is the case realize what the lord said to the apostle in his weakness in my weakness our weakness his strength is made perfect and actually at the point when you think you're doing stuff in vain that's when you really begin to pop that's when he really begins to put the hot sauce in your work get you right back here it's so good He's really beginning to put the flavor in it. Just got to believe and just keep on going. Turn to your name and tell them you got to keep on going. Acknowledge the Lord and keep on going. Okay? Let me show you this as we're beginning to close here. Very familiar text of scripture in Luke 19. Luke 19. Uh, Those of you that are online, I want you to want you also to declare um, you got to keep on going. You say it so I can hear you. All right, I think I heard you. You got to keep on going, okay? I uh, rather, Luke Luke 19, Luke 19, very familiar text, text of Scripture. Let me just read this to you, and then we're going to uh, go on today. As we get back into the series, Net Fishing, I want you to notice this as well. The Lord just had this on my heart just for all week long. It says here in luke 19 verse number one it says and jesus entered and passed through jericho and behold there was a man named zacchaeus which was the chief among the publicans and he was rich now let me give you a little background on this zacchaeus the name zacchaeus means pure pure and many times in the bible your name talked about who you were really on the inside pure Zacchaeus was a pure man Uh, he had a good heart but in a bad profession he was a publican that is a tax collector now the publicans or the tax collectors were hated by the Jews we understand that why were they so hated well just like the the IRS now when you see an IRS employee come into your knock on your door I guarantee you, you won't have happy feelings You realize that they're coming to take something from you god bless if you're an irs employee god bless you do things honestly and rightly amen and you'll be okay hallelujah all right but zacchaeus worked he was a um he was a jewish man a son of abraham but he worked for the oppressing government the romans were there oppressing the people of god the romans of course uh the all this area God's people were under like I said Roman oppression Caesar was in control so uh, in order for Rome to receive money they would go out and ask people in that town in that jurisdiction who of you wants to be a tax collector well there are benefits if you're a tax collector because you can go ahead and tell somebody what they owe now Caesar says one thing he may say they owe $10 but you can skim off the top and tell them they really owe $30 or or $40. Well, you give to Caesar what belongs to him and you keep the rest. So tax collectors were hated uh, because and they were thought to be sinners because they were often robbed people. And if you said, no, I'm not going to pay Caesar's tax. Well, that's fine. Roman soldiers, take his house, please. Take his stuff. Take it. Just take it. They don't want to pay And you know full well that you don't owe all of that money. And so the tax collectors became rich. They became rich off of the backs of the people. And so when the Jews would see a tax collector, they called them sinners. They were outcasts. Nobody liked them. Why? Because they came to take your stuff and there's nothing you could really do about it. Isn't that awful? They say you owe something and you don't really owe it. They give what what you really do owe. You may owe $10, but they charge you $400 or, yeah, $400 or $40. They take the difference and put it in their pocket. So they become rich and wealthy. Well, Zacchaeus was the chief of the tax collectors. Now, you had to do work very well to become a chief tax collector. And the Bible says that he was rich. Got me? So obviously he did a lot of people wrong for a long time and got a lot of money. But the Bible says his name his name meant pure, which means he was a good person inside. But, you know, you may start off one way, but if somebody keep telling you, you filthy, no good. If somebody keep telling you, you crook, you crook, you crook, you crook. After a while, you'll be that once you receive that a good man in a bad situation, wanting to get out, but had no way to get out of it. All right, so let's let's go on to verse number, again, verse 2 says, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which means pure, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich, verse 3, and he besought to see Jesus. Do you see that? And he sought, rather, to see Jesus, who he was. Now, again, This man's a tax collector. Hated. Hated by his people. They hated his guts. He's the chief. But yet and still he wants to see Jesus. Isn't that something? I want to know Jesus. I want to see him. I want to see him. A good man wanting to see Jesus in a bad situation. So look he says and he sought to to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he was little of stature. So here's Jesus going down the street. A whole lot of people are following him. The multitude are with him. A whole lot of people are with Jesus. I want you to know, this is another thing we're going to get today as we begin to close shortly. A whole lot of people are with Jesus, and they're all following him. Imagine a parade of people. Can you imagine a parade? And there's one man in the center of the the parade, and they're all following him all down the streets. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but because of of all the people, and he was so short, he (laughs) he couldn't see Jesus, but he desired to see Jesus. But because of the people, because of those that were following him, because of those that were following Jesus, he couldn't see Jesus. Let's look on further. Is what, what did he do and verse four says and he ran before ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way he was desperate i just want to see him i just want to see him he ran ahead he ran he knew the, he knew the route he knew where the route where the street goes Ran ahead and climbed up a tree. This rich man's probably wearing his long robe, got all these rings on his finger, got all this jewelry on. He climbs up, just I just want to see Jesus. Can you see a man, a, a good man at heart, has, that has done a lot of bad things, who has a desire to see Jesus? But he can't, he couldn't before because of some of those that were following Jesus. What did he do? He climbed up a tree. Let's look a little bit further. Look at verse number five. It says, and verse five says, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and and come down or come down quickly. For today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Now that's a big thing jesus said i must do this when the lord uses the word must it's an appointment it's a divine appointment just like he said i must needs go through samaria to talk to the woman at the well he said i must stay at your house today this is a divine appointment jesus the holy man the man of god says i'm going to be at your house today now remember we just read last week how the woman uh jesus was jesus was invited to the pharisee's house right but Jesus is inviting himself to Zacchaeus's house. I'm staying with you today. You didn't ask me, but I'm telling you, I'm coming to your house. Now, for someone that is hated like he is in the community, for someone to be in Zacchaeus' as stature and in his station, and for Jesus, this holy man of God, to say, I will come, I'm coming to your house today. That says something. That says that Jesus has the ability to look over what he's doing and see who he really is. Because Jesus is drawn, hallelujah, Jesus is drawn to the pureness that's in his heart. He knows that he's a good man in a bad situation and he identifies him, "Zacchaeus, pure, come down quickly. I'm going to be at your house today." Now let's see the crowd should rejoice, right? Let's see what happens. Look at verse number 7 and it says um And when they, the people that are following him, when they saw it, they all murmured saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Who are these? Are these the Romans that are murmuring against Jesus? No, these are people that were following Jesus. They all wanted to get a touch, just wanted to, they, "Who?" they're thronging Jesus, trying to, to get them. These are people that were in the way. Once again, it seems like Jesus is a rose in the middle of a lot of thorns. How Zacchaeus has to press through to get to Christ Jesus. He has to press through. They weren't happy that Jesus was going to be at a sinner's house. They would have been happy if he'd gone to maybe a holy person's house that would seem to be right but that's not the character and nature of the Lord he is an expert at reaching down deep and saving people look at this it says uh, in verse number seven again and when they saw it they all murmured saying that he was gone to be guests with a man that is a sinner verse eight now this happened verse eight happens after dinner or during dinner okay Jesus has gone to his house their fellowship their fellowship and they have eaten verse eight says and Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord behold Lord the half of my goods I give to the poor and look at look at it it goes on to say and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation you know you have Zacchaeus but it's okay And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, what happens? I restore him fourfold. I give him four times as much. This is true repentance here, isn't it? So now you see, because Jesus spent time with him, because Jesus befriended him, his goodness now gives Zacchaeus a way to bring the The purity of his heart out this is who Zacchaeus always was but in the presence of the Lord because Jesus accepted him right where he was he didn't say Zacchaeus you can be my disciple you can follow me if you stop if you stop doing what you're doing he didn't say any of that he didn't say Zacchaeus I'll come to your house as soon as you renounce your sinning ways Then I'll come to your house he didn't say any of that He said, today, I know who you are and I'm coming to your house. Jesus received him right where he was. And when Jesus received him and he spent time with him, what he really was came forth. He says, I give half of my goods to the poor. Lord, help us if we had to do that today, right? How many people would say today, Lord, I give half of everything I own to people I don't even know. To the poor and if i have robbed anybody if i have defrauded somebody lord if if i had done it i'm paying back fourfold four times as much and what did jesus say here as we close out verse nine and jesus said unto him this day is salvation come to this house for as much as he also is a son of abraham for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost so that's how jesus saves isn't that wonderful in contrast to what we thought today in order for you to get right be right with god first of all you've got to clean yourself up you're not holy that's why a lot of people don't come to church because they say i would come to church but i'm still doing this or doing that jesus said i'm come to your house anyway he said, "I know what you got in your house. I'm right here at your door. I'm ready." Because once Jesus comes in, Zacchaeus let Jesus in, and once Jesus gets in, he changes your life and who you really are. The purity of who you really are begins to be seen as Jesus changes you from the inside out. He changed Zacchaeus from the inside out. In the mark of true salvation, you can say, "I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved all day long," but salvation always has a work. Jesus didn't tell him to do this either. This was spontaneous. This was his worship before the Lord, just like he didn't tell the woman um, that stood behind him last week and, and, and wept on, uh, and wept behind him, and, and, and her, her tears hit his feet, and she wiped them with her hair and anointed him. He didn't, he did not tell the woman, this woman to do any of that. This was spontaneous. This was out of her heart. This was a show of her repentance, so if we say, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm saved, and we don't have works to go along with our repentance, then I would say something is wrong with that salvation. This is not something that somebody's forcing you to do. It's something that comes from within. You want to release. You want to lavish the Lord with love. You want to. When Jesus comes in, everything changes. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us to gather around your word. Lord, I pray today that that uh, we would be strengthened and encouraged and that in the time of of adversity when the enemy is really attacking, when he's trying to wear us out Father I pray that you will bring these words back to our remembrance that we may wait upon you that we may serve that we may decide to change strengths that that in our weakness may we reflect on your strength being made perfect in us and Lord when we are met, when we come in contact with this Zach. This Zacchaeus, this person that has a good heart but are in a bad situation, Lord, I pray that we will not judge them nor condemn them nor accuse them. But I pray, Father, that we would show them the love of Christ, that you give us the words to say to them that they may be changed, that you may change them from the inside out. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done in us today. And Lord, I declare over your people today, even the words of Psalm 91, that no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For you have given your angels charge over them to keep them in all their ways. They shall bear them up in their hands, lest they dash their feet against a stone. And Lord, I ask right now that you preserve your people from all evil, that you preserve their souls. Bless your people, Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.